Hi everyone, I'm Dee. And I'm Alex. And together we're DNA. And you're listening to the DNA of Mindful Relationships podcast. The end of the year is a great time for families to get together. Social functions, summer holidays, wonderful time of parties. But getting together with your family can sometimes cause tension. Even feuding? Possibly even feuding. Well, let's explore that topic in this episode called Family Feud. So, Alex, this is a really lovely time of the year where we, we're kind of winding down from work and um, the weather's getting warmer in Australia, in Melbourne. And we, you know, we make plans to spend time with family and friends. But how do we cope when um, we, you know, there are some people in our family and some people in our friendship group that we kind of feel a bit tense about meeting up with. And by the way, I'm asking the questions in this episode today. Oh, I love it when you're bossy. And Alex is um, acting as the expert. <laughs> the so, role of expert today. Let's we'll see be how this goes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so how do we cope when we know there are people that we, we're kind of not really looking forward to talking or being in the same room with? So what are your thoughts on that? Well, I guess if you know you're going to an event, a party, a dinner or something, I guess it starts with, is that other person going to be there? There's the trepidation, I guess, of, well, you know, this person that I can't stand to be in the room with or that uh, gives me a bit of grief sometimes. It might be your sister puts you down, could be your weird uncle. It could be your neurotic mother. It could be your mother-in-law. could be anyone. could be anyone. So regardless of who it is, I guess the process starts before you even get there, making the decision on how you're going to handle the situation rather than just turning up and going, mm. I'll just deal with it there. So making a decision so that you don't just go into that situation doing the same old thing that you've always done before. Yeah, well, you might, that person might trigger you. And so you might already have this pattern that says, oh, I know what's going to happen. They're going to say this and I'm going to do this and it's all going to end up in fisticuffs. Or... It's kind of like you're predicting something bad to happen. Exactly. And if you've had an experience in the past, I guess, with this person, then you already have in your mind played out how it's going to go. So I think the first thing I would suggest is that you actually stop and think about how could this possibly go in terms of where do you think it should go and then make that decision before you even leave the house. Mm. Okay, so let, let's use a, a more concrete example. Let's say you have a family member that, you know, you know they love you and care about you but they're often really critical and will be negative when you talk about something or you bring up an idea. How... How would you suggest we manage that? Because that's quite a common scenario for a lot of people. Mm, yeah. So I think the first thing is you need to be, I mean, confident in your own knowledge of 
whatever this person says to you, it really doesn't really count. If it's going to be negative, normally you, you would choose the people you want to hang around with. But when it comes to family, you don't get to choose all the time. You can't choose your family. That's it. But you can choose your friends. Yes. You can't pick your <laughs> nose, your friends. No, Noses? Yep. There's what? something like that. You can okay. pick your friend, but not... Yeah. So I think, um, I think in that situation, you've just got to make the decision that it's going to be water off a duck's back. I think if that person's going to say things to you, you've got to make one of two choices, I guess. One is you'll confront them if they start doing it and you'll just tell them, hey, that's not cool. Can we just stop this? I don't need to have this happen. I don't do it to you. Don't do it to me. And I think you can either call them out on it or you can choose to just ignore it and let it go. And I'll ask you, Dee, which is the better strategy to use in that situation? Would you call them out on it or would you actually just ignore it and just not engage with them on it? Well, I think family dynamics are very powerful dynamics Um, and they're there for a reason because they've been there for a long time. I think it takes a lot of confidence to call someone out where they've um, triggered you every time you've met up with them. So to to build that confidence is something you're going to have to work on before you go to that family event. But I would say if you don't feel confident to call them out, to really work on letting things go and saying to yourself, um, it's not that important. That comment is more about that person than it is about me. Because what we tend to do, the way the reason we get triggered is because we take it on board as, um, you know, that comment is about me and I feel offended that they would think that about me. So to think slightly differently about it and um, think in terms of this is more about them. So it's almost like putting up an invisible wall between you and that person and let those comments, those critical comments, bounce back off that wall and back onto them. Ah, like Batfink. My wings are like a shield of steel. (laughs) Yeah, like an invisible shield. Uh That's a good idea. So are you saying that, okay, whether you've got the confidence or not, let's say you do have the confidence to call them out on it, should that be your go-to strategy or do you believe that letting it go is the go-to strategy? It really depends on the situation. Now you're interviewing me. It's supposed to be the other way around. Uh, It depends on the situation because I've spoken to some people where they've tried to call out a person that's been, you know, doing um, not the wrong thing but inappropriate thing or saying inappropriate things and the response has been, what do you mean? Like it's almost like um, acting as though that didn't It's all happen. in your head. It's all in your mind, yeah. which is what's the word for gaslighting? It's almost mm. gaslighting you where you think, am I going crazy? Did I, just, did I not just hear that? And so if there's a possibility of that, then calling out doesn't actually work. It can make, make you feel worse. That's very true. And I guess the other thing is at some of these events, a little bit of alcohol, a few eggnogs, something happens and trying to call someone out can escalate very quickly, I guess. Yeah, and it can turn into a verbal um, tennis match. Yes, or worse. (laughs) Now, I don't know if you've had that in your family or you've had that kind of experience because I certainly haven't. 
I don't come from a family where we call each other out directly on things like that. What about you? Um, no, not really. I mean, there's very, very few times I've seen anything escalate at a function in that kind of way. Although you can have some heated discussions that can happen, but I don't know that it's necessarily to that to that degree. I think you, by this stage in your life, you already have a way of dealing with mm. that person, and they know. I guess they expect that that's how you're going to deal yeah. with them because it is now a pattern. Yeah, and I, I think. Um that when when you said the word pattern, it just um, reminded me that breaking that pattern can actually kind of shock people into reacting quite differently. Mm. So instead of um, being the passive one that just goes along with comments, maybe you can break the pattern by saying and doing something quite different. Yeah. So, for example, I was just thinking if you have a, a family member that criticizes you and puts you down for your work, for example, um, you could choose to, if you know, you could plan this ahead of time and choose if that comes up and that happens, that you will do a certain thing that's quite ridiculous. So, you're actually breaking that pattern. So, rather than sitting there and just listening, you might make a decision to to get up and do a little dance or to <laughs> or to say something really ridiculous that's so extreme that it actually shocks them out of that critical pattern that they've got into with you. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure about doing a break dance, but <laughs> I don't think that will have the desired result. But I think um, if you're one who maybe has just let it go over your head and it's unrelenting and they still continue to do it. So what do you then, do? Well, maybe standing up to them does shock them. That's enough to go, oh, I didn't expect that they were going to stand up to me mm. because it's easy to bully when the bullying is enabled. Yeah. But as soon as you, um, as soon as you shut it down and you do it in a group setting so that other people go, well, you know, oh, wow, he's actually standing up for himself now, you know. Uh, you might garner some other support too from other members of the family around you as well. Yeah. So, Alex, let me ask you this. Often um, the disappointment or the effect of um, things that family members say and do are related to the expectations that we have of them. How do you manage your expectations of your family? Well, um, yeah, I think we have, we categorize members of our family. If they're our immediate close family, we expect them to behave in a certain way. We expect them to have our back. We expect mm. them to be supportive. And when they're not, um, you know, it's disappointing. And we feel you've thrown me under a bus or mm. you've, you haven't really supported me in my decisions in life or whatever. And I think, Again, one of two ways you can do it is to call them out or to let it go. Um, and I think it's important to, um, I guess, galvanize your inner strength and just not let what they're saying really bother you. And I, I think part of what you said before, Dee, is that what they're saying is not about me. It says more about them than it mm. does about me. And it could come from a place of jealousy it could come from a place of, you know, I got more in the will than you did or whatever it is. There could be reasons there 
that they're acting out, how they're acting out, that has completely nothing to do with you. And they're really just projecting on you and it's mm. nothing to do with you. So if you, if you can understand that that's maybe the case, you can, it's easier to let it go because you more can feel pity for them mm. than actually taking on board the words that they're saying. So what about in cases where it, you know, you've done all of that, you've let go of um, expectations, you're aware of your triggers, um, and yet they continue to be that way. Um, and I'm talking about an extreme situation. What can you do? Well, I guess what some people do is they just don't bother turning up to these functions. You know, if someone is going to trigger them that much, they may feel it's better not to put myself in that situation. However, they might be missing out because there are other members of the family there that they do want to see. Mm. So I think it's really balancing that, um, you know, that decision of do I want to put myself in a situation that I'm going to feel really uncomfortable in and I'm really not going to enjoy versus I'm going to go there because there are people I want to connect with, but I'm going to just ignore, switch off or call out this person if they're giving me grief. Mm. Yeah. And I guess with families, um, it depends on, you know, how close you are and how often you see them. If you don't see them that often, can we just choose to, you know, or choose our battles, like choose not to deal with little things that are annoying, annoying you about them? Well, I think we should always do that in terms of um, even in our intimate relationships, choose your battles. Not everything should be a triggered event. Um, pick your battle. So if you're going to... Don't pick your nose. Don't, yes. <laughs> so if you're going to, say, a barbecue or something and there's a few members there of the family or friends or whoever it is that you really know is going to cause problem, but there are other people there that you do want to hang out with, spend the majority of your time with those people. Hmm. Um, and I think it's also the bigger person is the one who can say hi to the person that is... Yes you know, a smaller person. And it's um, not fair that you should miss out on those other lovely relationships and, you know, the, the family experience just because of that one person that absolutely. can't really connect with you or communicate with you in, a, in an appropriate way. Yeah. And look, here's an interesting scenario is what if you get on well with your family but your family doesn't get on well with your partner. Yes. What mm. if they criticise your partner? Mm. So, Dee, I'll ask you that question. <laughs> <laughs> you are the expert. Um, in terms of managing that dynamic, because you don't want to make your partner feel uncomfortable, mm. um, how, do you, how do you tread that, yeah. that divide? Well... I think if that is a an issue and it's been an ongoing issue, I would suggest you talk to your family members, the key people, before the event and try and set it up so that, you know, that level of negativity doesn't happen while your partner is there. Um, they may not, they may be very opinionated about your partner or something happened between them. But to deal with it on the day of the event may not be very effective. Mm. And we've seen that in you know weddings when people who don't see each other for long periods of time get together and now have to 
share the same oxygen together yeah. and find it difficult. Um, mm. So, you know, do you air your dirty laundry at an event like that or do no, you show some restraint? Yeah. And look, this off- often happens at weddings and funerals and, you know, those big family gathering times because there's so much that's been unspoken and unresolved that, um, you know, maybe um, planning ahead of time and trying to deal with some of those issues before the event can work quite well. So maybe a phone call or a catch-up with that individual prior to a major event to try and avoid a scene happening on the day. Yeah. But, you know, I wonder, Alex, um, with some people, it doesn't matter how much you try and communicate and how how much you reach out to them, it, it can still break down mm. for whatever reason, and the reason is really irrelevant. Um, <clears throat> I'm thinking of an example of um, a client of mine that um, contacted a family member and said, can we, you know, would you like to, um, you know, reconnect and um, so we can you know, sort out our problems and there was a big family event coming up and that was the sole reason why he contacted um, this person. And the response was, well, you know, they did they did meet up, but the response was, yeah, I'll let me think about it. So it wasn't very generous and open and it wasn't met with that, the same level of, um, you know, positivity. Mm. And I guess some people like to keep, that wall up yeah. and it maybe serves them better that um, the wall is there and there is a level of friction and look some people you're just not going to win over mm-hmm. and I think um, it's more about how do you um, like if you're going to an event at someone's house and there's another person going to be there last thing you want to do is create a problem that happens and is going to impact on the host because, you know, that's really unfair. If you have a problem with someone, that problem should be sorted out between the two of you and not involve other people around as well because mm. it, it just spoils the event. Yeah, and a lot of great movies are based on those sort of um, dramatic scenarios, you know, over the dinner table and everyone actually is their dirty laundry and, um, you know, it, it's, it makes for great viewing of a you know, TV show or movie, but not a nice experience to be there and be part of that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so at this time of year, obviously, lots of things going on um, and it's a good time to be out and being social. Um, but, you know, if these sorts of problems, if you can foresee that they're going to arise and it might be end-of-year work function, could be, you know, the boss or could be someone there that you've got problems with um, or a social event, um, New Year's Eve, Christmas, lunch, could be anything. Uh, whenever these sorts of situations arise, they do provide an arena for potential tension. So I guess whatever you can do to try and alleviate that tension prior to the event is really something we would say mm. give that some thought prior to attending yeah. and i think one of the best thing you can do is like you said make a decision about how you're going to respond and actually plan a few verbal responses because you know that family member you know exactly most likely what they're going to do that's going to trigger you 
and prepare some verbal responses so that you don't feel stifled and silenced by the experience. So something like, I know you are, but what am I? No, not no? really. That's probably what you would have done when you were Eight. three. 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 <laughs> I went younger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but more along the lines of, um, oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting opinion, but I think differently. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. What, what else could you say? Um, I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> just said that. <laughs> That's my go-to. No, uh, look, I, I think I think you've just got to be sure about yourself and not not worry too much what they're going to say, and you know, just know that if it's going to happen, uh, you're okay. That um, whatever they've got to say really doesn't have any impact on you. It's just very mm. small of them to be doing that. And I think sense of humour goes a long way as well. Like if you can um, you can diffuse make a, a joke. situation with humour. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you were trying to say? <laughs> yes. So you can you know tell a joke when you've just been criticised, but um, you know I guess it's about breaking that that pattern and breaking that dynamic and doing something a little bit differently and thinking ahead and maybe having some ideas of what you want to say when the opportunity comes up. Yeah, agreed. So it is that time of the year and um, this is our last episode for the year, for 2018. It's very exciting because this is our 16th episode. So that means, Alex and listeners, we have 16 podcasts out there. I just can't believe it. Yeah, we talk a lot. Yeah. Um, now, it may not sound like a lot to, to some people that have been podcasting for a while, but for us, it's pretty amazing. As it started as a, just a kind of vague idea in terms of, I wonder what this would feel like if we were to record a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and how wonderful to receive um, so many positive comments and, and feedback from our listeners um, on our Facebook page and on our website, that they're actually gaining, a, you know, some insight into their relationship as well through listening to our um, episodes. So, it, and that's the main reason why we wanted to do this. Yeah, we're really all about trying to help people um, and not necessarily because um, we think we're experts in everything, but because we can share our viewpoint, um, Dee has great experience as a couples counsellor and a psychologist, and uh, I have experience as a human. Uh, so <laughs> a human being. A human being. And a human doing. Yes. Um, and so <laughs> I guess our perspective is just one perspective, and we like to um, share that with you. And look, if you gain some knowledge from it, we're really happy about that. Um, if you've missed out on some of our episodes, if you haven't ho heard all 16 of them, they're all there on our website, which is the DNA of mindful relationships.com. Um, and you can go and listen to any of the uh, past episodes there, as well as on our Facebook page. They're all listed there. And we urge you to, um, share some of them with your friends, um, who you feel may benefit from some of the topics mm. that we've covered. And we'd love to hear from our listeners about um, some topics that they'd like us to cover in the future. Um, really enjoy reading your feedback. So if you do enjoy 
our episodes, please go on iTunes and rate and review. Um, we've got some fantastic reviews and, it, you know, we do take on board people's feedback. Um, I remember early on uh, we got some feedback saying that it would be nice to make it a little bit shorter because um, they got sick of listening to us. <laughs> no, that was I think the they reason. just wanted some smaller bite-sized, yeah, chunk-sized so, episodes. And that's what we did. We, we, um, we shortened the, the timing. Um, and also just, you know, exploring the different topics and um, the way that we discuss those topics. We're, we're next year hoping to interview more people. Some people <laughs> would be good. Oh, more people, some people. Well, we kind of interview each other. Yeah. We will, yeah. Next year we're looking at changing the uh, format just slightly, uh, but we'll let you know more about that in the new year. Um, we do hope you have a safe and happy um, holiday season and listen to lots of great podcasts because there's lots out there, Yeah, even beyond us. <laughs> Yes, there's, there's more to the world than the DNA of mindful relationships. But, you know, the DNA of mindful relationships is an important part of the world. Yes, the podcast ecosystem. The ecosystem, yes. So, yeah, happy holidays, everybody, and look forward to hearing from you in 2019. That's a prime number, isn't it? Whatever Probably, the – Maybe. What, no. What's the prime number? Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, have a great one, and we look forward to joining you again in the new year. So, for 2018... It's goodbye from D. And it's goodbye from A. We'll catch you next time. Stay mindful. Bye. If you like this episode, then please consider subscribing to find out whenever a new episode drops. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, that's a little purple button on your iPhone, iTunes or Stitcher. You can of course go to our website at www.thednaofmindfulrelationships.com or our Facebook page where you can like us and share our show with your friends. Send us an email to info at the DNA of mindful relationships.com and ask us questions or give us feedback or maybe suggest some ideas for some upcoming shows. We look forward to catching you next time and until then, stay mindful. <laughs>